0: If you're a person who doubts prophecy, we're going to take a look at prophecy up against the news you're watching every day right now. Stay with me. I'll be right back.
1: Finding and knowing God is a faith walk. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our hope lies in the coming Messiah who will establish God's peaceful kingdom on earth. This is Faith Walk with Ron Susack. Dr. Ron is an evangelist committed to encourage and equip your faith walk as we pass through these turbulent end-time days awaiting that soon-coming kingdom. Here again is Ron Susack.
0: We have so much to talk about today. I'm going to move as quickly as I can, but I'm telling you that if you don't believe prophecy, or if you're afraid to read prophecy, I'm talking about the prophecies in the Bible, because they sound scary or they're a bit complicated and difficult for you to grasp, turn on your TV. You're watching an unfolding of a a preview of one of the most important prophecies in the Bible, and that is the prophecy of the Battle of Armageddon. On October 7, we awaken to the shock of Israel under siege. Horrible massacres. I'm not going to go into it. You've been watching the news. I'm sure your mind is drenched with all the details, and your eyes are watering with tears of all the sights that you've seen. It's been a horrible thing. And we don't know fully how everything's going to play out, because it is spreading like a cancer quickly throughout the entire world. And we see sides being formed. We see hard positions being taken and harsh things being said. And there is a right and there is a wrong. There is a righteousness. There is an evil. There's no question about it. There's no middle ground where we suddenly decide, well, you were good here and bad there. You were good here and bad there. Listen, what I want everyone to be aware of right out of the gate is that God was very clear with Abraham that he was going to bless his seed through, Ab- through Isaac with land. And, and, and Abraham was going to become the father of nations both through Isaac and Ishmael, but the land and a special purpose of God belonged to the descendants of, Israel, of, of uh, Isaac. You don't mess with the plans of God; otherwise, you are trespassing. And when you trespass on sacred ground, you're getting yourself into great trouble. But I, I want to look with you today at the the parallel signs we have in the war that's been taking place and the Battle of Armageddon. Not that this is the Battle of Armageddon; I don't think that it is, but it has a lot of the signs, so that you can begin to say, "Wow." If that's happening in front of my eyes, should I not begin to trust what is written in the Bible over 2,000 years ago? And I'm going to look at it from the perspective of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 14. If you want to turn there, you can turn there in your Bible. I'm going to go through some verses with you that I think are critical to our understanding. And again, let me explain something about prophecy, particularly end-time prophecy. Sometimes I get the feeling that the chef was walking out of uh, the kitchen with a whole tray full of cookies, holding them like this, and he trips, and they go in every direction. And that's kind of how we find prophecy. You'll find some of it lodged in this part of the Bible, some of it lodged in that part of the Bible, and on it goes. And one of the works of those of us who study theology is to find those pieces and bring them together so we can best understand the prophecy. And even then there's an element of faith because we've got to trust God that whatever it is, whatever we think we have put together by way of here's how it's going to work, we we are not here just to follow a plan. We are here to know God trust God, and believe God, even when we can't quite see where he's going. That's very important. But when we come to Zechariah, he has a list of things that he sees in the end that fits into the pieces that I'm talking about throughout the Bible. We're not going to go into all those pieces today. We will in the days ahead, but that's why I said we have so much to talk about. But let's begin with Zechariah. The first thing that we know about Zechariah as we come upon a great war that is going to take place at Jerusalem is that it will be a horrific, a horrible assault. Well, you saw that on October 7th and the days following, and we're still ringing out the agony of that. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 2 reads this way, For I will gather all the nations against jerusalem now it's interesting we not only have hamas attacking jerusalem they are backed by iran they are supported by other nations so in a sense there we have the picture of all nations but not the full picture yet this is not armageddon but i want you to see the parallel for i i will gather god speaking i will gather all the nations against jerusalem to battle and the city shall be taken, and the houses plundered, and the women raped. Half of the city shall go out into exile, but the rest of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Pause there. That's not happening in this event. That's why I'm saying this is not Armageddon. But we do see Jerusalem under assault. We do see rape, pillage, murder, horrific things taking place. Most of that is is past now, but we saw that it, it it broke our hearts. Well, when it comes to the Battle of Armageddon, just prior to the events taking place, us Israel will come under siege, and you will see the same type of situation we saw on October seven, only much worse. Then. Zechariah goes on to say, but the battle is the Lord's. Israel cannot defend itself in this situation. It's under a siege by the nations of the world. And here's what's interesting. You may say, Ron, oh, that can't happen. Well, we might have said that a a few months ago until we realize America has been far too weakened to be of any great support. And uh, we may, might, uh, Sputter around and say some things like uh, "don't" and whatever you do, don't go forward. We're gonna now, my friend. The world is already laughing because we have stumbled far too badly already. So my point is, if that can happen now, understand that superpowers can be taken out of the picture very easily by the hand of God, by putting foolish people into power, and that happens. That's happened historically. Every great empire of history came down primarily because of internal craziness in governance. And then came in the external forces that took them out. And that's what America is up against right now. We are under a great threat. But I'm not getting into that sermon right now. I just want you to see the parallel that America has been weakened now God may strengthen us again, I hope so, but right now America is too weak to be of much value, and the nations of the world are stirring and aligning and rising up. Well, it's gonna be far worse at the Battle of Armageddon, but we now have the parallel. But the interesting thing is that Zechariah sees this as the battle of the Lord. That the Lord is gonna do something about this. Zechariah 14:3. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as when he fights on the day of battle. And that is when, possibly, we find in another scripture that when the Lord comes, 100-pound ice balls will fall on foreign armies surrounding Jerusalem and surrounding Israel and wipe them out completely. So, when it's time for God to raise his hand... And the battle is the Lord's. Game's over. Game's over. It doesn't matter whether nations are strong or weak. They will be wiped out. I hope that you are becoming a member of my one million team. What is that? I'm not asking you to join an organization. I'm asking you to stay in the church where you are. I'm asking every pastor and every bishop and every patriarch and every believer on earth to join me, become part of this team that we're calling Faith Walk. What, what is our goal? Our goal is to equip and encourage one million Christians worldwide to bring an average of 100 people to salvation in their lifetimes. No, you may only be able to bring one a husband, a wife, a son, or daughter, or you may be able to bring a thousand. But if we average 100 apiece, we will get a 100 million people out of the hands of Satan, out of the grip of hell, and into the glory of heaven. Think about that. The third thing that we see in Zechariah is the Lord's arrival. It's the beginning of the kingdom of God. This great battle that takes place. All kinds of horrible things are happening coming up to that battle we find in the book of Revelation, and we'll be talking about that in the days ahead. But when we get to that battle, that battle seems to be a turning point when God is going to overthrow, watch this now, watch this now, the government systems of this world, man trying to rule man. That started at the Tower of Babel. And God divided the languages so that rather than man rising up as one unit to try to ascend to God on high, as we read about the Tower of Babel, man now divided in language, culture, and and genetics. You find them fighting against each other. Everybody wants to rule the other supremacy is very important, power is very important, and when when people get it, it inevitably is abused, and it's abused for a few hundred years or more, until finally those being abused rise up and overthrow that, and now you have a new empire doing the same thing as the previous empire. Study your history. That's all it is. The rolling over of empires in the scramble for power. Now, in that light... Zechariah sees the Lord bringing down the nations of the world. And here's what we read in Zechariah fourteen four 4-5 about the coming of the Messiah, the only one who can rule the world in peace. Here's what we read. On that day, his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives that lies before Jerusalem and on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west by a very wide valley, so that one half of the mount shall be to the northward and the other half southward, and you shall flee to the valley of my mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach to Azel and you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come, and all the holy ones with him. You get the picture? There is this battle that the nations are bringing against Israel. They're surrounding Israel. They invade Israel. Half of Israel runs away. Half remains. Women are raped pillaging is taking place, destruction is taking place, and suddenly the Lord steps on the Mount of Olives, and the greatest earthquake in history occurs, splitting the Mount of Olives in half. I read some years ago, I can't verify this, but I did read some years ago that the Holiday Inn thought about putting a hotel on the Mount of Olives and decided against it because there is an east-west fault line under the Mount of Olives, and they did not want their hotel to be destroyed by that earthquake. I think that was a wise decision myself. That earthquake is coming. When, in fact, another scripture, again, here's another one of the cookies lying over in another part of of the Bible that we're not going to get to today, and that is that this earthquake is going to be worldwide, bringing down cities worldwide. Why? There will be a shaking in heaven, the Bible says, and a shaking on earth, as God is shaking the world of the evil that we have done on earth. And remember that when Adam sinned, that sin not only brought down humanity... It brought down the atomic structures of our planet and of the whole universe, and that is why we have stars burning out. That is why we have a a universe that is languishing and slowly dying. And that's why we need a resurrection. No no global warming people are going to reverse what is happening. Only the Messiah can do that. But here's what I want you to see. The Bible in another location in the New Testament says that this is going to happen... The Messiah will come like a thief in the night. When least expected, people will be going on as jolly as they were in the day of Noah, when suddenly it all comes apart when the Messiah comes. And then, here's what's interesting. When the the Messiah arrives, the weather conditions are going to change on earth. Here's what we read in Zechariah 14, verses 6 to 7. On that day there shall be no light, cold, or frost. And there shall be a unique, unique means one of a kind, there shall be a one of a kind day, which is known to the Lord neither day nor night, but at evening time there shall be light. Very interesting. I don't know that I have that all thought through. I'm just reading for you exactly what the Bible says, and I know it's going to happen. That's the weather condition that's going to happen in that day when the Messiah comes. The fifth thing that we see is that out of Jerusalem, living water is going to begin to flow. Now, get hold of this. Jerusalem sits 14 miles up on the top of a mountain, sloping 14 miles down to the Jericho Valley sloping the other way down to the Mediterranean Sea, 14 miles. Way up there, there's going to be a water flow. Well, my friend, all I know is the Bible says it, which means somehow there is going to be a river flowing on top of that mountain. And we learn in other scripture that's going to go into the temple, and that's where they're going to be putting the blood of the animals they're sacrificing as they as we take communion. Communion, they'll be sacrificing in remembrance of what was done for them at the cross by Christ. And uh, part of that water will flow eastward down the mountain into the Mediterranean Sea. The other, uh, that's westward, westward, the other will flow eastward down the mountain into the Dead Sea and heal the Dead Sea. And trees will line each side of that river, and the leaves will be used for healing, and the fruit that will be born on those trees 12 months out of the year, will be used for nutrition and health. And so we read in Zechariah fourteen eight, On that day living water shall flow out from Jerusalem, half of them to the eastern sea, the Mediterranean, and half of them to the western sea, the Dead Sea. It shall continue in summer and in winter." So there we have the picture of this river of life. What a marvelous picture, because Jesus is that river of life. And there will be an actual river that will both be a real river, producing this, the, the amazing results of trees giving fruit 12 months out of the year, leaves good for healing, healing the Dead Sea, so that fishermen are are fishing in the Dead Sea once again, and the waters from Mount Hermon will flow down the Jordan Valley and through where the Dead Sea once was, now it will be a flow of water going into the Negev Desert, going under the ground into an aquifer up the other side into the Red Sea. And why did God design it that way? Because if you have the water going underground through the Negev Desert, and into an aquifer, you are now avoiding all that water being drained, drained off by the sun, evaporated, and it's protected. So now we have the negative Desert blooming, just like the Bible said, as people are now able to farm on that desert by simply drilling into that aquifer. So all of this is, is going to happen physically, but all of it is also a spiritual dimension of lessons. What what is this saying? This water coming out of the temple, meeting with the waters coming down from Mount Hermon, are bringing healing to the land, health to the people, healing to the Dead Sea, and agriculture in the Negev Desert, all bringing life, because Jesus who said, I am the water of life, he gives life that physical water cannot give. He gives life to our spirit our soul. He gives meaning. He gives purpose. He gives relationship with God. All of this is coming through Jesus Christ, who is the water of life. So now we have the physical illustration of the river coming through the temple that is the river of life, illustrating the spiritual life that comes to you through Jesus Christ, who is the living water. Isn't this marvelous? It it all ties together, my friend. And then the king has a global reign, according to Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 14 verse 9. And the Lord will be king over all the earth, all the earth. On that day the Lord will be one and his name one. Pause there. There. Now, I could spend a long time on what I'm going to try to put in a short nutshell here. I've been talking to you for some weeks about Assyria, Israel, and Egypt, these three, with a highway running between them. And these three will be worshiping together, and two-thirds Gentile, one-third Jew, they will be a blessing to the entire world world. What will that blessing be? I'm going to now tell you what I think. I can't, I cannot proof text this, but as I study the Scriptures, here's what I think we're going to see. We're going to, we do know from the Bible that the nations will flow into Jerusalem in order to learn the ways of God. And Jerusalem's going to be saying, where have all these children come from? I have no room for them. Is it possible that God has made the provision now that two-thirds of that triumvir, Egypt and Assyria, will join in with Jerusalem in the teaching of the ways of God, not only teaching them there as nations come to them, but as ambassadors going out to the nations of the world, teaching the ways of God in our courts, the ways of God in our education, the ways of God in our homes? the ways of God in our faith, the ways of God in every area of life. I think that's probably what we're looking at, because the Bible keeps talking about going back to the ancient ways. Jesus said there are two pathways. One is narrow and straight and goes to the kingdom of God. One is broad and it goes to destruction. You choose which one you're going to walk. So we we have this imagery going throughout the Bible. And what is it all about? What's that narrow path? It's those who are walking in the way of God in every area of their life. And that's why in this coming kingdom, we find from the book of Habakkuk, righteousness is going to reign around the world. Like the sea covers the land, so it is. Righteousness is going to reign. Having been said, we're coming down the back stretch now. And we'll be be coming at this again and again because I know I'm dumping a truckload of thoughts on your mind, but I, I am confident you can handle this easily. The final point I want to make today is this. Peace and security will be there forever, Zechariah 14, 11. And it shall be inhabited, for there shall never again be a decree of utter destruction. Jerusalem shall dwell in security. Why did Jesus tell us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem? Because when Jerusalem has the peace of God, the world is going to have the peace of God. That's when we melt our war instruments into plowshares. That is when we are out there teaching the ways of God, how to live at peace, nation beside nation, neighbor beside neighbor, family member beside family member. Now, in my closing thoughts, in light of this background, I want to give you three prayers. There are three prayers that I want you to begin to pray. They are listed in the Bible. Prayer number one. Let's begin to pray as never before what Jesus told us to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the first prayer. The second prayer. Look at how Jesus prayed in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications and loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. It is time, my friend. It is time. Empty the ball fields on Sunday. Get into prayer. Learn how to pray until you can't survive without it. The third prayer that I want you to learn and begin to pray is that uh uh, let me flip it over here that god's kingdom is coming to earth in every nation let me let me read matthew chapter 24 verse 14 and this gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come so here's what i want you to pray Pray that God will give you and me the ability to take the gospel of the kingdom, the good news that we're talking about today, to every nation on earth. And then the horrors you're watching on television right now will be gone forever. Always remember, my friend Emmanuel, God is with you.
1: Now, Dr. Ron has been talking to us about the end time days and wants us to prepare for the coming kingdom. And he has written a book titled, The Assyrian Prophecy, that is a missing part of the end times puzzle. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold,
0: I make all things new. Write, for these words are true and faithful. The world is not ending. God is preparing a new world soon to begin. An ancient nation thought lost to extinction is soon to rise anew to prepare for that day. Isaiah identified this nation in a prophecy that has been hidden in plain sight for some 2,700 years. Its name is Assyria. My new book, The Assyrian Prophecy, reveals how Assyria will join with Israel and Egypt to bless the world under the soon-coming Messiah. Amid today's chaos, God is searching for righteous people through whom He will bring the prophecy to completion. When you reach the end of this book, one question will be in your mind. Lord, what would you have
1: me to do? You can learn more at theassyrianproject.org. This has been Faith Walk with best-selling author, pastor, and evangelist Ron Susek. If you would like to know more about Dr. Ron and our mission, visit our website at faithwalk.org. We're certain you appreciate Dr. Ron's straightforward teaching of God's Word, along with his strong invitation to find salvation through Christ. But he needs your help in spreading the gospel to the far reaches of the world. Join our team by going to faithwalk.org and clicking on Partner With Us. Thank you for your gift to help Dr. Ron in building lives by advancing the teaching of God's Word through the programs of Faith Walk. You may never know until heaven whose lives you've impacted somewhere around the world. So please accept and enjoy your copy of The Assyrian Prophecy as our personal thank you for standing with us at Faith Walk. Well, thanks for being with us today. And we hope you'll join us again next week as we find courage for the journey in our Faith Walk.